I don't know what that sounded like out there, but up here it sounded great. And we know the story. We sang it. We heard it. We've heard it every Easter. You heard it read a few moments ago. Following Jesus' resurrection, very early on the first day of the week, the women go to the tomb. They are prepared with burial spices in hand to treat Jesus' dead and broken body. However, when they get there, they find that the stone that should be sitting in front of the tomb has been rolled away. And Jesus' body is missing. Suddenly there are two men there beside them, two men dressed in gleaming bright clothing. They are angels, we assume. And the angels say to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the human one, or as some Bible versions say, the son of man, must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. The scripture account continues with these words, Then they, the women that is, remembered his words. Remember what he told you? Then they remembered his words. It sounds so simple. The angels tell the women that Jesus has been raised from the dead in order to confirm that in order to confirm that they must simply remember what Jesus told them and then remembering what he told them and how parts of what he told them actually happened as he said it would they were quickly able to reach the conclusion that the rest of what he told them the resurrection part was reliable and trustworthy as well simple right They just had to remember what they were told in the past, and then they were able to have hope in the present. They could connect the dots in a straight line leading from confusion to certainty, from death to life. Is that the way it works for you? I'm not sure things always turn that easily, that quickly, at least for me. More often, the reality is something like this. You show up in a situation and something is off. Something is wrong. And so by instinct, your first reaction is confusion. And then maybe the confusion gives way to something like worry or maybe even fear Because by then it started to sink in that whatever has happened or is happening really isn't right, really doesn't make sense, so you don't know what to do. And then maybe that not knowing gives way to something less like just confusion or uncertainty and more like panic. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And so you get stuck on that thought of this isn't the way it's supposed to be. You get stuck, and no matter how hard your mind tries to make sense of what is actually happening, it can't. And you're caught then in a swirl of paralyzing emotions, and perhaps your faith slides away and your doubt dominates. Now, what can break you out of that kind of 
emotional and mental paralysis out of the swirl of emotion, of fearfulness, of panic? What can free you from deep uncertainty, from your inability to make sense of what is happening right in front of you? Sometimes it can be another person who stops you in your tracks. No, hold on a minute, they might say. Let's think this through. And with that, just with that, you're able to pause and your heart slows down a few beats per minute and you start to reconsider what you think is going on. Hold on a minute. Let's think this through. Or maybe sometimes you just stop. You find a way within yourself to pause in the present moment and you, on your own, are able to remember, you reach back for some piece of information to touch some moment in the past and that recollection of some truth that is outside the present moment offers a bit of calm in contrast to what has been steering you toward panic. In either case, whether you receive angelic instruction in the cemetery or a soft word from a friend, or you just figure out how to stop and think your own way out of the tangle of the present moment, it can be the remembering, it can be the remembering that breaks the bond of fear that has you in its grip in the present moment. Memory can be helpful that way. So, for example... Suppose in a moment of extreme pressure, you think to yourself, I can't do this. But then you remember that you actually have done it before. You remember that you were capable then, and so you just might be capable now. Or, You find yourself in a situation that is supremely challenging and your response is, this is impossible. But then you remember that something like this has happened before. So it isn't impossible, even if it seems improbable. Or you think, nobody cares about me. And then you remember a time when you were loved. And that memory of being loved warms that cold and doubting part of you in the present moment. Or you think, what I'm doing doesn't matter. And then you remember a time when what you did made all the difference. Then maybe you think to yourself, that you can make a difference again. Or you think, I am alone. And then you remember that every time before when you thought you were alone, when you were certain that you were alone, how someone showed up for you. And in that remembering, you realize that there are others who are there for you. 
who want to be there for you. At the tomb, when the women discovered the stone rolled away and the body gone, they went from confused to panicked, especially when the angels appeared in their gleaming bright clothing. But then something happened that helped them to turn a corner, and it wasn't the angels saying, calm down, or just trust us, or even there's no reason to be afraid. What the angels said was, remember, Remember what he told you. In other words, travel back to what you already heard and don't get trapped in the present moment with all its strangeness and uncertainty, but remember what Jesus said about what would happen and through that lens of remembering, now see what has happened, what is happening. Remember that he said he would be handed over, and he was. Remember that he said he would be crucified, and he was. And now remember as well that he said he would be resurrected. And he's not here among the dead. Remember he said he would be resurrected. And essentially what the angels were saying to the women was, remember and then believe because everything you remember him telling you from the past Everything you remember him telling you of his suffering came true, and now you must remember what else he told you. You must remember what he told you about life, about new life for him, new life for you, and trust that that has come true as well. Remember what he told you, remember what you trusted, and now carry that forward to this very moment. And you know what? The women at the tomb do just that. They pivot from panic to calm, from fear to faith. Remember what he told you, then they remembered his words, and when they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and the others. Sometimes, If we could only remember what we knew and what we trusted in the past, it just might be enough to get us through in the present. On Wednesday of this past week, I got up in the morning, woke up my daughter for school, went downstairs to let the duck out of the coop, which is what either I do or Lois does every morning. When I open the door of the coop, folds down to make a little ramp, the duck, whose name is Dawn, came racing out, ran between my legs. She's always like that in the morning. She was quack, 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 and she raced to the water dish and then went out into the yard. A warm, rainy morning, perfect duck weather. I went back inside, I went upstairs, got my shower, got dressed, got my daughter's lunch put together, gathered all my things that I needed to take to work. My daughter was still upstairs getting ready, and I usually try to check in with her one last time before she heads off to school. So I had about 20 minutes of spare time before we'd both be leaving. And as I stood there in the kitchen thinking about the day and what the day would bring, I looked out the back window and I realized I did not see the duck. That was strange. Where was she? She was there just 20 minutes ago. I poked my head back out 
out the back door, I couldn't hear her. And usually if I open the door and I say, where are you? I can hear the quack, quack, quack coming back at me. So I walked out. I did a quick look around back of the house where she usually hangs out. I looked in the duck coop. I looked behind the piece of plywood that leans against the deck. No duck. I walked around the side of the house. I peeked into the shed, which is always open. No duck. My shoes started to get wet, so I went back in the house and changed into boots, and I came back outside. And I walked further around the house. I walked to the front of the house looked across the street into the neighbor's yards in case the duck had decided to go visit the Eikenberries. <laughs> looked under the bus that my son has parked along the north side of the garage. I walked into the neighbor's yards to the south side where the duck sometimes likes to roam. And finally, I even looked across Meridian Road in the ditches on the other side. And I looked and I called and I looked. No duck, not even a trace. And I started to think, how is this possible? It was 20 minutes, and she's gone. Where could she have gone? What could have happened to her? I was confused at first, and then as it sank in that she wasn't there, I admit I started to feel a little panicky. I could see the farm dogs in the farmyard across the street. Had one of them gotten loose? I looked at the sky, hawks, eagles. I told you about the raccoons some weeks ago, but those are nocturnal. There's no way that could be the culprit. But this was my thinking. She's gone. Wait, she can't be gone. But she's gone. But she can't be gone. And my mind was stuck in that loop. This can't be happening. This is happening. The duck was gone, vanished, and of course I thought about last time we lost a duck. Back at the beginning of this year in January, it too vanished, not a trace, just one day, gone. So I was walking around in the backyard, looking this way and that, but at the same time stuck in this loop of denial and confusion and upset, and then I paused. Out there in the middle of the yard, in the lightly falling rain, I just stood there, quietly for a moment and then I remembered I remembered something something earlier something from deeper in my awareness in my memory but something I couldn't have touched until I paused and took a breath and it was this I remembered that the only time that that silly duck is quiet is when she's laying an egg. And then she is as quiet as a mouse. And I thought, if she's laying an egg right now, where would she be? And then I remembered something else that I had forgotten. I remember that from very early on when Dawn and her original companion, her sister duck, squeaks, when they first started laying eggs, they liked to go into the shed and lay their eggs in the most quiet, private place they could find, which was in a dark corner behind the door which had come off its hinges a long time ago and is propped inside the shed, kind of sheltered little spot. So even though I had peeked into the shed before when I was calling to the duck and looking for her earlier... I walked back to the shed and I walked inside and I pulled back the door where it was propped against the wall and there she was. 
As soon as I pulled back the door, she popped up off the floor, and there was an egg in the little nest in the straw behind the door. And she ruffled her feathers and gave me a couple of quick quacks that sounded like she was mildly insulted that I had (laughs) invaded her privacy. I found her because I remembered what she had told me and taught me a long time ago. When I am quiet, and the only time I am quiet is when I am laying an egg. As I said, all this happened on Wednesday morning, and it felt a little bit like a gift as I started to write this sermon, because I usually start writing on Wednesday morning. It felt a little bit like a gift, because in having that experience of not finding her until I remembered what I had forgotten, I found I could walk into a feeling that was perhaps something like the feeling the women may have had at the tomb, a morning task upset by an unexpected happening, a feeling of perplexity turning into a rising panic, a realization that the key to unlocking and understanding of what was happening in the present might just be found in remembering something from the past. And the jumble of feelings from worry to relief, from confusion to clarity, made me realize this. I would like to be more trusting. I would like to have more faith. But how often do I get caught up in the ways in which what is happening right now doesn't seem to match up with what I thought would happen right now or what I want to happen right now? Too often I don't trust the present moment. I don't believe in the good news because I can't see it, because I'm looking in the wrong direction, because I am perpetually waiting for the other shoe to drop. But then, sometimes I remember. And maybe the first memory isn't enough, so I remember another layer under that? How could I forget to look in the shed at that quiet egg-laying spot behind the door? Why didn't I go there first? Why didn't my mind go to death first? Why didn't my mind go to life first? I don't know. Maybe all I can say is that I see death everywhere in the world. So sometimes I need someone, something, to help me remember life. And I'm glad that on Wednesday it was finding the duck, finally, on her nest. Because what is more symbolic of life, indeed of Easter and resurrection, than the new egg nestled in its nest? I just had to remember where to look. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but he has been raised. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words. 
Sometimes life is simply waiting us waiting for us to remember that it is right in front of us. Sometimes life is simply waiting for us to remember that it is offered to us and it is available to us and indeed gifted, given to us. In the face of the unknown, in the face of uncertainty, in the face of our own tendency to wait for the other shoe to drop, God gives us the gift of remembering that time and time again, life has prevailed. And life will prevail again. Death will not have the final word. Resurrection has the final word. It has had the final word, and it will have the final word. We remember that, and in remembering, we regain our trust. And in trusting, we find that we can believe. Amen.